This week's episode of To The Top Talk is brought to you by CollegeSportsUnfiltered.com Talking Southern Miss athletics with some pretty knowledgeable Southern Miss fans. Great place to go, unvarnished, unfiltered. You won't have to sift through the propaganda. Southern Miss fans, check it out. CollegeSportsUnfiltered.com You are listening to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington. Thank you, Jamesy. And Jason Bailey. Bump is uh, pretty good. But the reality is... They don't know, man! I've been looking forward to To The Top Talk. You know, I have that with myself every night. Every day, anything we do is Southern Miss To The Top. What's going on? What's happening? How you guys doing? Welcome to To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey. I'm Jamie Arrington. Jason Bailey, a little under the weather today. If this is your first time listening, we are here to give you a break from all of the High Resource 5 propaganda in the mainstream sports media to talk about the University of Southern Mississippi Golden Eagles. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Before we get to the guests this week, let's talk a little bit about some of the happenings for the Golden Eagles. All right, so at a press conference this week, Atlanta Falcons head coach Dan Quinn said that he expects former Golden Eagle running back Ito Smith to get an increased workload in 2019. There's going to be some attrition at the running back position. Ito is fully expected to be the number two running back for the Falcons, if not number one. But it doesn't matter at this point. There's running back by committee in the NFL on pretty much every team except for maybe a handful, five of them. Also, we found out that Southern Miss Pro Day is going to take place on March the 25th. So we got a couple of Golden Eagle hopefuls that are hoping to make their way onto the National Football League. This will be a great day to showcase that talent. Also, check out our column in the Pine Belt News where we break down what's going to come on each show every week. And for the sake of Jason, vote for To The Top Talk for Best Local Podcast in this year's Best of the Pine Belt Awards. Voting is happening right now at festivalsouth.org. You can vote once per day, per email address, per IP address. So we're getting hot and heavy into basketball season. Today, March the 3rd, the Golden Eagles fell short at Western Kentucky, falling 76-271. The Golden Eagles are now 17-11 on the year, 9-7 in Conference USA. Two games left in Bonus play slash the regular season. This Wednesday night, the Golden Eagles will head up to Norfolk, Virginia to take on number one seed Old Dominion, who, by the way, has clinched the number one seed going into the conference tournament. So that's going to be Wednesday, March the 6th at 6 p.m. That is going to be on CBS Sports Network slash Facebook. Then, I'm not telling you the TV for, for the UTSA game, but March this March the night, that's the Saturday, 2 p.m. It's the final home game. It's senior day. This is going to be a crucial game for the uh, postseason for the Golden Eagles. As it sits right now, looks like we're just outside of the number five seed, but we're going to need to win at least one, if not two of these games to make that a reality. So, UAB lost, so I think UAB has got one game left against Old Dominion. So we'll see what happens. But all that matters at this point, we got to get one of those top four seeds so we can get that first round by. Then the Conference USA Championships are going to take place on Wednesday, 
from Wednesday, March the 13th, all the way through Saturday, March the 16th, with the automatic bid given to the conference champion as they will head on into the NCAA tournament. All right, so with that being said, I've got an excellent guest today. He is one of the very few Golden Eagle basketball players to have a conference championship ring. He was He's one of my favorite players that, that's come through Southern Miss, and he was playing during the time when I was at Southern Miss, one of the best big men we've had come through. He's got an amazing story. Got a lot of stuff in here that I didn't even know about, but I was excited to have the conversation. So you guys, please welcome my guest today, Van Jones. How did you get involved in the game of basketball? Well, you wouldn't believe this. For a long time, my mother was Jehovah's Witness, and she did not allow us to play um, organized athletics. So I would play pickup basketball um, maybe a mile from my house. We called uh, Clarence Jones at the Joneses, and that was about the extent of my basketball up until I got into maybe seventh, eighth grade, and they had a junior high team. Uh, Willie Shepard was our coach. And I snuck and got on the basketball team. And my mom didn't know, but when she found out, I had to get off. So I really had no um, history with organized basketball until I was 14 at, uh, in high school at the Indianola Gentry. So, uh, but, I, but I played in the neighborhood. I had a hoop in my backyard. And um, I played with men uh, most of my junior high career. I played with men the entire time, so that's where my my physical game came from. But when I got to high school, it was organized. It was a whole different ball game because some of the stuff I was doing, uh, some simple as standing in the paint for more than three seconds, I just was oblivious to all those rules. Well, it obviously worked out for you. You ended up making the Dandy Dozen in the Clarion Ledger back in 1996. Tell us a little bit about your time in high school. I had a great uh, high school team and coach in Elmo Hickingbottom. We played in a uh, in a couple state championships, uh, 92, no, 93, 94, because I got to high school in 1992. Um, but Gentry High School is a basketball hotbed, as you have probably seen, that they've gone to the state tournament for many, many years, but they've uh, yet to win one. But the girls have won a couple. But, um, I was on a team with uh, Tyrone Washington of Mississippi State, Eric Lee with the UNLV, uh, Melvin Davis, Valley State. Uh, man, it was 16 of us on that team who could have played collegiate athletics. And um, Indianola is a basketball, again, hotbed. And, um, and we, we just, that's what we did. Football and baseball, not so much, but we had the talent to do it. But it was just a basket. Everybody played basketball up north. And, um, uh, high school, I had a fairly decent career. I was really athletic, and I played a lot of AAU basketball. But I lacked the necessary fundamentals to to to. Um, in my opinion, that that's what hurt me uh, after college. I lacked some of those necessary fundamentals. I was only six seven and a half, six eight on a good day, and I played the post. So if I knew what I knew now, I would have done more exterior basketball, playing on a high post and a little bit further out. But we had a good run. We pressed a lot. We had a blast. Uh, we were, our goal was we called it bust the clock. We would try to get 100 every night because we had so much talent. How did you end up at Southern Miss? Well, um, I had a great freshman year in high school because I played with so much talent. 
And uh, my last year in high school, I did not uh, qualify. I don't know if you remember the Prop- Proposition 48. I was one of the oh, first yeah. guys in 1996 to receive a Prop 48. And um, I would fly all over the country to AAU. I went to 46 playing uh, AAU and college. But uh, right before college, I would fly all over the place, Ohio, Cincinnati, went to Bearcat Camp, Indianapolis. I would go all over the place um, playing. And Thomas Billups, who was at Lanier, was my all-star coach. And I went to Nike Camp with him in Indianapolis. And I went to Cincinnati Bearcat Camp. So I was on the circuit. People knew about me. Uh, my physical play and my athletic ability, but I lacked some fundamentals. Uh, so I get a lot of mail, but I had never taken ACT. I think I took it maybe once, uh, a practice test in high school, maybe once at Valley State. And then I took it at the All-Star Game in June of 1996 uh, after graduation. But so I was not serious about my academics. And all of those schools that wanted me, Clemson, Alabama, Mississippi State, Ole Miss, all of the bigger schools, they just kind of dropped off because I would not release my transcript. I had a 2.3 GPA, and I had never uh, passed the ACT. And um, Southern Miss was transitioning coaches. Coach Turk was retiring. And James Green, the first African-American coach, was coming on. And uh, he came up to the Delta, drove up to my house. I remember like yesterday uh, and said, I want you to um, play at Southern Miss. And I think that was his first time in 1996, although I had to sit out. And um, that's how I got to Southern Miss because nobody really wanted me after they found out I was not a qualifier. But Coach Green took a gamble. I set out my first year. I worked at Barnum & Beals. I worked at the hospital, and I paid my tuition the first year because Prop 48 can't receive any uh, funding. So that's how I got to Southern Miss in 1996. Uh, I was going to Odessa Midland. I signed with them. But I realized when I took that road trip, I uh, I was just too far away from my home. And so I decided to just go to Southern Miss. I went to a trip, and it was beautiful outside. And I loved the town. I had never been below Jackson. And um, the rest is history. I came here in 1996, set out my first year. And um, uh passed math. I was struggling with academics. Uh, I did remedial math my first year. And it was a culture shock coming to Southern Miss because uh, my neighborhood is black and um, my high school was all black, and when I come to Southern Miss, it was a little bit different than what I was accustomed to. So that's how I got to Southern Miss in 1996. What was it like playing for James Green? He was a very rough and tough. If you look at his high school career at, at Ingemar, actually Ingemar is in the Final Four of the 2A again this year. They went last year. Um, he was a very rough and tough character. Uh, his, his persona, he was rough and tough, and he played tough. So that's just who he was. Uh, he played a physical style of basketball. He did not get the talent. It's tough to compete in, in our state with uh, SEC schools who have uh, who have better budgets than us, so it's tough. And a lot of times, Coach Green would get the leftovers. And I was kind of a leftover guy but due to academics, and he got a lot of leftovers. So he believed in just working us really, really hard, making us sound men. He made us shave before the games. Uh, he made us wear uh, slacks and a shirt. He made us put on jackets sometimes, and he was what I really needed. I'll be honest with you, in 1996, I was extremely undisciplined in high school. I kind of did what I wanted. I had an undisciplined past in high school. Uh, my last couple of years, I, I spent a lot of time with uh, with a, with, a, with one of my friends who was selling drugs, and I was extremely undisciplined. 
but he was um, hard to play for, hard to deal with. But a young uh, African-American male coming from the Mississippi Delta, whose mom dropped out in the eighth grade, dad in the 11th. Mom went on to finish. She went, got a GED and went to Mississippi Delta Community College. But uh, playing uh, for Coach Green is what I needed. A lot of kids could, uh, couldn't handle it. And uh, the turnover rate was sky high. While I was at Southern Miss, some kids would come and go like a revolving door. Oh, yeah. But he was what I needed. He was what I needed. He was because I was I had the talent. I wish I had met him earlier. I probably could have made some money playing basketball. <laughs> How tough was Conference USA back then? It's a totally different conference from what it was uh, is now. Yeah, you know the story. Um, man, you know what? I came in '96, 23 years ago, and I graduated in 2000. But I played in 2001 in grad school. You had Cincinnati, Marquette, Charlotte, DePaul. South Florida was tough with B.B. Walton and B.B. Watson, whatever his name is. Uh, you had Memphis with Kelly Wise and Calipari was just coming on the scene. And God, it was very, very tough. UAB was even tough then. You had the Bob, Jabardo, he was there. It was a tough, tough league. And, and um, my, my first year playing, 97, 98, we went to the NIT to Auburn. And Auburn, SEC school, beat us pretty good. They were a tournament team. They were upset they didn't get in. So um, it was a very, very difficult league. Uh, but our last, my last year, uh, Coach, he had the best talent I think he had his entire time there. He had Kilbarris Thompson at the 3-4, uh, Elvin Mims 3-4, David Wall at the 2, uh, me on the interior 3-4-5, uh, and a call coming off the bench behind me and a couple of other guards, Mario Miles and uh, Moochie Duncan, and um, Pete Benissis, uh, we had the best team he had up to that date, um, other than Kelly, Jimmy, and uh, Kelly, Jimmy, and Rod. So that was his best team, his best team that he had put together. And we had been together for a little bit. And um, that league was very difficult. Uh, going up to Cincinnati, Bearcat country, uh, it was very difficult. Marquette up in Milwaukee and Got Chicago, DePaul, and St. Louis Duncans with Larry Hughes. It was it was tough. It was hard to get a win, but that last year we dealt together and, and uh, 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 took obstacles and created magic out of it. You talk about that 2000-2001 season. That's where, like you said, it felt like everything kind of came together. And I believe it was the second game of the year. You, you take out a ranked opponent in their house in the Arkansas Razorbacks, who were ranked 15 at the time. Yeah, we... We had been together so long. You had, you had David Wall, who was a, a North Carolina kid. You know, North Carolina is a hotbed for basketball. A kid who could really school on the, on the outside. And you had me inside. I'd been there so long. I knew what Coach Green was wanting. I knew what he was thinking. Then you had a male, Carson. You can't forget male, uh, my point guard. Oh, yeah. A male had been there so long. And we just knew, we just knew what Coach was thinking. And, and we knew what to do. Uh, Southern Miss had never won on that court. It was it was bittersweet. He had a um, the point guard out of Louisiana, um, Brad. Guy, you had little guys like that who were unafraid. Richardson, Brad Richardson. She had guys like that who weren't afraid, and that was our best team. And uh, we were very physical. We were very tough, and and I think it was just a, a combination of all that coach had gone through, and that was his best team, in my opinion, to date. The regular season ended with an 83-77 to win over South Florida to give the Golden Eagles a share of the regular season Conference USA title. 
Uh, the the fans stormed the court. You wouldn't believe this. We would practice sometimes three or four hours. I was injured most of my career at Southern Miss. My freshman and my, and my senior year, the only two years I wasn't injured. My sophomore year, I had a groin, uh, I don't know if it was a tear. Then I had ankle issues. I had uh, hamstring issues. I had Achilles issues, arch issues because of the rough style of play. And all of them, you play 30 games. Uh, it was it was like it was bittersweet because it was sweet because we had worked so hard and it was bitter towards the end because I'm, I'm thinking fast forward because we didn't get to go to the tournament we really really wanted to go to the tournament for coach we wanted to go for coach but it was a great time um, the fans stormed the court they really supported us we had a great crowd in the house that night. Um, we just jailed together. David was great that night. Everybody was doing amazing that night. Like, uh, it just, we just fired all cylinders. It wasn't even that game. It was the two games prior and the one before that was, I think, a Thursday against Memphis. Right. Billy Wise. It was just three games in a row where we were on a tear. And that game was just like the climax. And, um, everything just worked. Florida would give us a difficult time down. I think we lost to them down there at, at their plate. We had it. We had a. We said we gotta got to get these guys, and everybody just yelled together. We knew what was at stake, um, and a lot of people didn't know this because of the league was so big. He had 16 schools in the league. We didn't play Cincinnati that year. In tw- in 2000, uh, 2000, 2001, we didn't play Cincinnati. That's why we split for the regular season title. Um, so timing, time, and timing are great. Uh, they were had the number one player in the, in the uh, country at the time. Well, maybe I think he had left, but they, they still had a really, really good team. And um, and it just all worked out. And you're coming off of a Kenyon Martin who broke his leg in a tournament a few months prior, a year prior. Uh, but it was just a great year. Uh, just all the blood, sweat, and tears and injuries and lost players. And uh, it was just good for us to win like that because we just needed that. The program needed it. We needed it. Coach needed it because he had so much adversity. I remember someone would come to practice and it would be ice cold. we get there, practice started at 5, and it would be ice cold in there. It was just a tough, tough four years. But to, to end on that note, we needed that. Well, like you said, you got snubbed from the NCAA tournament, and it legitimately felt like a snub. I remember sitting at Dr. Fleming's house, who was the president at the time, when they announced the seeding, and not only did the Golden Eagles not get into the tournament, but I kind of felt like it was a snub being sent to Mississippi State in the first round of the NIT. Yeah, you go to State, uh, man, the game, a team we hadn't played since, I think, 1994, 1995 was the last time we played them. But, so they put us together, 94, I didn't think it was a bad deal all the way around. Um the, the officiate was awful. I pick up three in the first half. I can't play, can't get in my groove. Uh, we had to get on the road. We won 22 games. We won more games, I think, than they did. So it was a bad deal all the way around. All the way around. So you on the road in a hostile environment. And, um, it was just, it was, it was a, it was a, it was a tough, uh, pill to swallow. And, um, we just didn't come out on the top. So. Uh, it is what it is. Again, you take obstacles to make uh, create opportunities for, to make magic, and, and we just tried to do that. But it, it was a tough end of the season. We didn't want it to end that way, having to go to Mississippi State. 
The team finishes the year 22-9, and nine, one of the best years in Southern Miss history. But like you said, you had an incredible year. Defensive player of the year, second team all-conference. I believe you led the league in blocks and field goal percentage, among other things. What did it mean to you to wear the black and gold at Southern Miss? The, the most important, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Uh, the most important thing that you didn't mention was that year I was scholar athlete of the year coming from a pop 48. Right. In 1996, 2.3 GPA, uh, did pass ACT, and the conference saw fit to give me the Scholar Athlete of the Year. And that is my most prized possession going back. I don't I don't even play basketball in my exercise a few days a week, six days a week. But when I go to my office upstairs in my house, I look at that, and um, I say, you can come from the bottom. And out of 16 schools, you can rise to the top of a Cincinnati Marquette Charlotte DePaul. And anything is possible. That's what I tell the kids all the time. So that was my greatest award, Scholar Athlete of the Year. Um, my, my graduation ring, I'm looking at it right now. Uh, when I put them on together, it's heavier than this, this large championship ring. Uh, because, um, I overcame a lot of obstacles, uh, math, deficiencies a lot of things, and uh, graduated, and didn't just graduate. I graduated in four years because it was very difficult, remedial math, remedial classes, getting through that. What was the transition like following your time at Southern Miss? Uh, A lot of people don't know this. Um, So I withdrew from school in March of 2001. I just knew I was going to make some money. I had a stellar year, scholar, scholar athlete of the year. Uh, only reason Kelly Wise um, was on first team all conference because um, Memphis, uh, I, I just believe he had an all star coach and uh, he scored more points than I did. But every time we played them, I, 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 my team prevailed against Memphis. So when they gave him uh, the uh, first team all conference center, that, that, that hurt me too, but I said it's okay. Um, I was an all conference defensive player of the year, got the Doug, local Doug Bartman Award. Uh, the hardest man in Mississippi, the hardest working man in Mississippi, uh, all those accolades. And um, I withdrew from school. I, I picked up an agent. I got an aquatics trainer. I got my body in the best shape I've ever been in. I was I was doing aquatics training in the pool. I was lifting weights. I was playing basketball. It was like it was my job. And the phone just didn't ring. And I think I picked up poor representation. And every time I called my, my agent, he was on the golf course. He was not working. A guy like me at six, seven and a half, two hundred my my max weight was two fifty four, I was about two forty at about two forty at this time. I needed somebody to work really hard for me because I was a classic tweener. I was in between a um a four and a five, three, four, five. I really needed to be a three at my size. And I needed somebody working hard for me. I just picked up the wrong wrong agent. And very uh, very few people know this. I had a contract to the NBDL. The first year was developed. I, re- I turned it down. I said, I'm going to the NBA. It just did not work. My phone didn't ring. I'm at my best physical shape, uh, learning the game, watching the game, looking at film, working on my moves. Then I sustained a high ankle sprain uh, in late spring, um, early summer, maybe April. And um, I sat at home for four, maybe six weeks on crutches in my apartment. 
and it was a dark time for me. It was, and and um, man, I I was so disappointed in myself. I'll be honest with the with the young people that are listening. I um I considered um man uh, the alternative with 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 being here. I said, man, I could possibly do something else. I could leave this earth because I was so disappointed that I didn't get to play basketball. And man, I was sitting at the house. I was I was uh, drinking every day uh, with a foot in a in a boot, high ankle sprain. Couldn't do anything. Disappointed. Sitting at the house, my uh, girlfriend at the time had started working, and uh, she was going to work every day. We shared an apartment, and she said, "What are you going to do?" And I'm sitting there, man, thinking I'm going to make some money. Now I'm hurt. Nobody, my phone's not ringing. I was extremely depressed. Wanted to leave here. When I said leave here, I mean literally leave here. And then one day I got up and I opened my blinds and I went out. I lived right right where the, the little Caesar is. I lived in an apartment complex right there. And I went to a party the next week over and the guy said, hey, man, Hattiesburg High School is hiring. And the coach is Yama Jones. Kilvaris told me this. He said he he, he contacted me, but I'm going to finish. I'm going to do what you did and uh, play one more year and, and go ahead and get my degree. And um, call him. So I didn't have his number. So I just, I put on my best suit on Monday morning, maybe Tuesday, and I flew up at the high school, went to see Dr. Simpson. And Dr. Simpson said, hey, I don't know anything about what you're talking about, but let me call the coach on the phone. He called the coach, and the coach said, hey, uh, I haven't seen him yet. He jumped the gun. I just needed a job. My wife was working. I was getting married September 11th. And I just was under so much pressure. And I went to see um, uh, uh, Dr. Simpson. And they gave me the job. I was not a certified teacher. Uh, I was making sub pay. They would give me a little stipend. I wasn't even making enough to take care of my, my family at the time. We didn't have any kids. But I was working at Hattiesburg High at sub pay all the way through through uh, January of 2002. I was a PE teacher. Um, and that it was a very difficult transition from being in the paper, from being on TV. Six months later, you're working at Lily Burney Elementary, W.H. Jones on 42 bypass, and going to Hasbro High at two thirty to go to basketball practice. You're talking about from the top to the bottom, I thought, but I had no idea that was the best plan uh, for me at the time. But it was a tough transition from being on television, in the newspaper, uh, not having to work every day uh, for to take care of my family, to boom, stark reality, September 11th, I got married oh one uh right through during the time uh the the, the towers were uh the plane went into the towers the nine eleven crisis oh wow this was around the same time so all this is happening i'm I'm working at Lily Burns Philpay got married on September fifteenth it was a turbulent time because I had played basketball all my life and now I'm just a regular Joe and I gotta fight and work and I'm living in an apartment I didn't like. Uh, it leaked every time it rained. It was a tough transition from being on the mountaintop to six months later, you having to fight. So that, that was my transition. Well, from there, it seems like you got into the coaching biz for a while, had stops at Hattiesburg, Laurel, Lumberton, and Oak Grove. Tell us a little bit about your time as a basketball coach. Well, the most rewarding time, um, the first year was difficult. I'm an assistant coach for two years at Hattiesburg High. We had a great run. Yama does a, did a great job at Hattiesburg High. But um, after two years, he taught me as much as he could teach me. And I said, Coach, I need your blessing. I want to go try this myself. So I go to um, 
applied for the law job. Coach um, Coach Terrell, he was re- he was retiring after a long time in law. I took this fight in law. It was tough because I could still play. I'm two years removed from playing, literally playing. And now I have to teach young men how to do this and put all this together. I was it was just tough being the head guy. And but I learned how to do it. My first year long I went to the playoffs. They gave me a, um, a bonus for going to playoffs. But again, many folks don't know this. I, I got fired from law because I would move to the city of law. I had just bought a little house out in Lamar County off of Spring Hill Drive and my wife and I had just bought that house. She was working at Farm Bureau and I was a little coach and we had just bought a little house over there and the superintendent um, told me, you got to move to the city of Laurel or we're going to fire you. You know, the rule of Mississippi is your first year, you don't have to give you just cause, you can be fired. So I was fired from Laurel and I was licking my wounds and uh, Dennis Holder, somehow I got in touch with Dennis Holder. Dennis Holder at Lumberton, we get on the phone and he said, you got to you coach seven through 12 boys and girls and um, you teach one, maybe two learning strategies class, and you coach basketball from nine to six every day. It was so hard. I was driving back and forth from Lumberton every day and dozing off on the rock. I was having many accidents. I had to pull over several times to get some rest because I was so tired working. I coached basketball girls, seven to 12, boys and girls, JV, at Lumberton for two years. But it was a blessing in disguise. I had no idea that was my training ground. I learned how to coach athletics. I even coach girls. My girls went two years in a row to the South State Tournament, one year up in Philadelphia, the second year at uh, Perry Central. And uh, my boys, ironically, both those years we were there. The first year we go through uh, Hurricane uh, Katrina, our court gets wet. We practice on a half court because our, our court gets flooded uh, from the storm that lifted our roof. Um, and then my boys both years won back-to-back state titles. So I never really got traction with the boys because they would always be at the football. They would come to me in December, and then they would go right back to football. So I never really gained traction. I finished both seasons with maybe seven, eight boys at Lumberton. But my girls were prospering. We went on to um, do really well, go to um, uh, South State both years in a row. I started two freshmen and senior, a few sophomores, a couple of sophomores. And then um, I wanted to be home because I was tired of driving. I loved Lumberton. And then um, they gave me coach of the year in the district my last year. And Oak Grove had an opening because Tony Stalling went uh, to work uh, back with Yama. And um, I stayed there for four years. And after two years, I was looking for a way out because I had never stayed anywhere past two years. And I got an opportunity to graduate a class of seven guys. And of that, of those guys, they all went to college. And I got to go to senior night at Southeastern for two of those boys, uh, Jeremy Campbell and Antonio Benton, and, um, a few years ago. So, again, it was just bittersweet. I had a great run at Oak Grove. We made the program respectable. After I left in 2010 to be a principal, uh, it was every year with five coaches that were out to me. Even Thomas Phillips tried it and Ed Bradley and uh, so many people. It, it was a tough job, and uh, we built the program back up uh, from the, the time Coach Beal had. We really built the program. We beat Gulfport and 
going. Uh, Meridian, that while we were, I was at Oak Grove, Meridian was just at their best. They had a Riding Hood, number one in the state every year. Brandon was number two. It was a tough one to get out of the district. Then Hattiesburg and us. So it was a tough road. We call it a tough road to hold. Football was doing well with double bar. Baseball was rocking. They won two title islands there. So it was a tough, tough job. But I, I again, made took lemons and made lemonade. My team, my coaches and I had a few coaches. All of those coaches have gone on to do well, win state championships. And I, I'm just uh, Jordan Dupree. He was my assistant coach. He's doing well at his school. And um, Gary uh, Hintz was my assistant. He won the state championship in volleyball. And, we just had some great runs, but it was a tough, tough job. And, and the time came for me to leave basketball uh, in 2010. Um, I thought I'd be an administrator at Lamar County, but um, uh, nothing availed itself. And I went on to go to Hattiesburg City Schools. And, uh, man, it was, a, it was a good run. I promise it was. Well, it sounds like you've gone on to do a lot of things since then. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going on with Van Jones today? Um. From 2010 to 2013, I tried my hand at school administration. I had, I've just been blessed, man. I've been blessed um, everywhere I've gone. It was a tough situation. We had an opportunity to go from ground zero to build it. I go to uh, to Hattiesburg City Schools. I go to Whitley Elementary in 2010. I wanted to go to to Tim's because my daughter was a. Uh, uh, I think first or second grade at Tim's. I thought that was a school for me, but um, it just did not work out. I ended up at Woodley, and um, I get to Woodley for two years. It was an, uh, at the time would have been considered an F district. I mean, an F school. We had our school was like a ninety nine or hundred, which is F, and I get there. It was lean time. It was difficult. I had a great administrator named uh, Felisa Mars. Felisa, she uh, nurtured me and showed me the way, and and um, I she I became her logistics guy because I was a basketball coach. We had a great time. We went from a ninety nine, maybe one on one, to uh, in two years a one sixty four. So much so that the state of Mississippi became the investigators. Because we moved so quickly academically. Wow. And um, I left there after two years. I sat with her. I said, Ms. Morris, thank you for the time. And she taught me all that she could teach me, just like at Hattiesburg High in 2003. This is 2012 now. She taught me what she could teach me. So I want to try my hand at it. So I go to Earl Trevino Tennis Center, Palmer's Crossing, top 10 poverty in the city of Mississippi. Again, obstacles. They were, again, a, a D school, uh, borderline F. We get there and we paint a division to move the school forty quality points. And man, we didn't move it forty, but we got extremely close. And we gave we brought pride, uh uh we brought pride back to Ultimate Tennis Center, which was a shining star in the in the community. And uh, we moved that school and we made some amazing gains. We we did had a great year. But I was called to do something different. My wife and I had started a business in 2010, an after-school program called ASAP, our after-school academics and arts program. And um, the business was flailing without my support. We had two buildings, one on 38th Avenue in Hattiesburg and one out on Old 11 in Oak Grove. We had bought two buildings in 2010. And um, she needed me to support her in the business. 
So I resigned in 2013 from our Forest County School of Ultraviolet and to help her with the business, grow the business. And I started a nonprofit, Pine Belt 360, which uh, sought to unify the body of Christ across racial, socioeconomic, and denominational lines. I did that with the founders of Stephen and Don Beam, and I love them dearly to this day. You know, uh, Judge Beam now is Mississippi Supreme Court Justice, and I love her to death, and I love Doc. Doc, is, Doc uh, Stephen Beam is still, he was my team physician at Southern Miss. He's still my physician. Uh, I go, I see him once a year for my annual checkup. I just love them dearly. And we, we did that for five years. And in 2016, we closed the Pine Belt 360. And, um, I, I, I've been on staff at Grace Temple on Richburg, 1131 Richburg Road since 16. And I'm the discipleship pastor, facility pastor, the grounds pastor, um, and um, the ministry's pastor, and, and we do amazing work all over the world, uh, Cuba, Cambodia, Africa, Belize, um, Guatemala. Uh, we just been blessed. Uh, uh, Italy, we just been blessed to do some amazing work, and my wife and I are still together, and we're finding all the cylinders. The after-school program, we had three locations up until last year. We closed one in Petal. We love Petal. We love Oak Grove. We love Hattiesburg City and Forest County Schools. And we're going back into Petal this year. We're buying a new facility as of right now, going back into Petal. And uh, we get to pick up boys and girls from 11 schools uh, across the Pine Belt. And uh, we have vans and buses. And we get to just pour into families and children and aspiring educators slash experts. We've had teachers that we've gone down. We've we have teachers that we poured into now they're teachers. Uh, we have some people who work in forensics. We have we, we have people that we've been able to touch as leaders, and now they are professionals, teachers, and aspiring um, uh, experts. So uh, right now, uh, t- uh, today I'm working part time at Grace Temple, twenty hours a week, and I, part- I partner with my wife to run the business ASAP. And um, I started my own little. Um, business called Van T. Jones LLC. I get to go into schools and help with bully training. I get to coach leaders, uh, principals and teachers, and uh, I get to do basketball camps. Uh, under Van T. Jones, I do five things. T-E-A-C-H. I teach. I empower with words. I author. I wrote a book. I'm writing another one called Rocket Ship Ride. Uh, I coach teachers, leaders, and administrators. And I harmonize, I get to organize uh, systems. I'm a systems guy. I think I got that from Coach Green. So, uh, man, I so much. We do so many things. Uh, I can't mention them all. We, we're in Belize three times a year working with principals, pastors, and um, and uh, children ministry leaders. And um, we'll be in Belize uh, in May and in August. We get to go uh, touch school districts and churches. And um, well, I got a new project that I'm launching in the Delta and at the end of the month because the Delta has 10 school districts. One will be consolidated in July. And um, you heard it here first. We're, gonna, we're attempting to start the MDTA, the Mississippi Delta Transformation Alliance. So, man, so much to do. I could just look around and look up. Uh, we, we created Friends of 40th Avenue. We created Kensington Neighborhood Association. We we clean 40th Avenue from Mamie all the way down to Lincoln. If you just look around, I tell people all the time, stop crying about what you don't have. Look around and just 
seek to be the hands and feet of Jesus and and and, and affect the world, change the world by just doing something rather than complaining that the world's not doing enough to to satisfy you. Well, man, that's really amazing. And one thing we didn't really talk about is. Your wife, Nicole, I remember her being your biggest fan, cheering behind the goalpost every single home game. What has Nicole meant to you? She is still my biggest fan. Um, the, the first building we bought for the after-school after, a, academics and arts program, we're business partners. She's a majority owner. I'm, I'm part owner. And um, uh, the building that we're at, the first building we bought in 2010 was a dad's building. He had a salon barbershop there. And we turned it into an after-school program between 2 and 6, and we run a full-day summer program, 7.30 to 6. And she's still my number one fan. Um, I call her my producer. I do videos online. She edits my videos. I do um, all types of work. She just cheers me on, and we support each other. We started a ministry, Diaconia, um, in Belize, and we go there two, three times a year, and, and um, she supports me. I support her. She's the women's ministry director at Grace Temple, and I support her and make sure she has what she needs. And we homeschool our daughters, and uh, we homeschool primarily due to our business because we have to be positioned between 1.30 every day, and it's tough for us. Um, so we, we just homeschool our children for the last five years. And she's my number one advocate, and she has been for 23 years we've been married we got married in 01 so this year we'll make 18 years been together 23 she's my number one fan and I'm my number one fan she supports me uh, she loves me uh, she helps me to clean up the messes I make and she just um, she helps me be the best I can be and hopefully I'm that for her as well I really appreciate you coming on the show. I mean, as of this recording, it's it's 18 years to the day that you guys clinched that regular season title. So that was my time in college. It means a lot. Do you have any final words for the Southern Miss fans out there? Uh, get behind Doc Sattler. Get behind Jay. Get behind uh, um, uh, Coach uh, Scott in baseball. Get behind every. I don't know everybody's name because I'm not on the scene as much as I was. I spent two years as a basketball chaplain with Doc. And my schedule was just it was too hectic for me to keep up with those guys. They play so many games with my two young children and my business, and I work at the church, So, but I had to resign from the chaplainship. But get behind those guys. Support those guys. Um, we can be a shining star. I know the, the teacher's college, but we can do some amazing things athletically, academically. We are a beacon of light for Mississippi. And let's continue to do just that. Uh, let's stick together. If you graduated, uh, give back to the university. Um, my wife and I, we, we, we were talking the other day about what we need to do for the university and give back and um, support uh, uh, Sam Jones, guys like him, and uh, all the guys who speak. Uh, just continue to support and encourage and pray for us as we go and try to uh, change the trajectory of, of the world and just continue to be all that you can be. And as always, uh, 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 stay encouraged, stay the course, keep your faith, and Southern Miss to the top. That was Van Jones, a.k.a. Van Daryl Jones. What a great story. It's amazing what he went through, what he was able to make of himself. 
and have an impact on the community. Awesome stuff. And I remember sitting near his wife uh, at the home games when I wasn't suited. I saw with Seymour during this time, and I wasn't suited up all every single game we traded out. And she was always back there, always getting the troops fired up, just had a great spirit about her. So that, that's really awesome. They got married and are, are having some success of their own. But what a downer that NIT game was. I mean, I remember being at Dr. Fleming's house when they were going to announce who was making the NCAA tournament that year. And it was just such a bummer the way it went down. And then not only not to get into the tournament, but to, you know, have to go to Starkville that first game. I mean, you could tell the the guys just were deflated heading up there. And then, like Van Darrell said, having, you know, the refs call the way they did, he got three fouls right out of the gate. That kind of shut him down. And, you know, he was a big part of the the reason for our success that year. And I don't know if I've said this on the program, but that particular game, like I showed out, I was buddies with the guy that was uh bully for state and he wasn't there that game for whatever reason. So they had like a stand in. So I just showed out. I probably did a lot of things that I should not be proud of. <laughs> I was taunting. I was throat slashing. I think I taunted their star player. I think with Mario Austin or something. I think I gave him the old throat slash when he was coming out of the tunnel and, yeah, it was it was a good. I remember them having a thread on their message board the next day about that Golden Eagle and all of this shenanigans. But uh, I love being the bad guy, and I had a blast. And I don't think their administration was too happy with my antics that day. But I was upset. I mean, we just kind of got the got a raw deal in that whole situation. But you know, won the conference championship that year. Had a lot of great memories from that team. The team was a lot of fun to watch, and what an environment that that Reed Green was that day, eighteen years ago today. When we defeated South Florida, students rushed the floor. It was a great time. A lot of great Southern Miss basketball memories. Let's touch on baseball real quick before we shut it down. So this week, the Golden Eagles started off with a home game against UNO. And that game did not go according to plan. Golden Eagles falling 2-1 uh, to one to UNO. Then on Friday, it's the series against Gonzaga was scheduled to take place. They postponed that to a doubleheader on Saturday. Golden Eagles falling two to four in the first game and eight to ten in ten innings in the second game. Then on Sunday they had an early start because of weather. Golden Eagles come out, guns blazing. Uh, Eric Hort hits a grand slam. Gidry follows that up with a two-run homer. Golden Eagles have a seven to one lead, but because they hadn't made it far enough into the game, weather took over and the game was canceled. So that does not count as a victory, unfortunately. That, the Golden Eagles fall to 4-5 and five on the season. They've lost the last five games. So hopefully we can get it back going this week. Golden Eagles are going to be at home. That's Tuesday at 6 p.m. taking on Southern. And then they're going to have a three-game series against Holy Cross starting on Friday, March the 8th. So hopefully we can get back on the right track and get some W's back on the the record for the Golden Eagles. All right, let's shut it down. Special thanks to our guest this week, Van Jones. You can follow him on Twitter at VanJones32. You can follow us on Twitter at ToTheTopTalk. You can follow me at Jamie underscore Arrington. And you can follow Jason at BumperJBailey on Instagram as well at ToTheTopTalk. Like I said earlier in the show, go vote. Do it for Bump. 
Go vote for To The Top Talk for Best Local Podcast in this year's Best of the Pine Belt Awards. Voting is happening right now at festivalsouth.org. Got to give some shout-outs. Shout-out to collegesportsunfiltered.com. Shout-out to Drew Wick for helping us with the graphics. And shout-out to Pine Belt News for helping us spread the black and gold gospel. Look for To The Top Talk with Jamie Arrington and Jason Bailey on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. Subscribe. Give us a rating. Give us a review. If you like the show, tell your friends. If you don't like the show, tell your friends. And as always, Southern Miss to the top.